Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast. Back to our fa- my favorite bit, good niche, bad niche. Today, we wanted to lump a few of these in together. We, we, we had drones for fishing in here, and then we've had other people ask about like the fishing kayaks. I said, let's just talk fishing. So today, good niche, bad niche, fishing. That I mean, that kind of embodies what we teach, a person, right? But I do think there are multiple persons inside of here, and I actually think that's my issue with this industry. I'm curious what you think. We're going to talk about rods, reels, kayaks, drones, crossbows, lures. What else is in the fishing industry that, that would be high ticket? Yeah, well, there's certainly more watercraft that you could probably sell, like inflatable dinghies, like like actual boats, not just kayaks. There's the sort of large boats. There's trolling motors, which could go on boats. Um, sea you know, legs. You could, get into, you could get into spear fishing. Mm. You know, that's a, that's a pretty big thing over here in Australia. Um, you know, then there's probably other products around like fish finders, all that sort of thing yeah. that you would put on a bigger boat that goes out in the ocean or, or even on rivers. You know, you could have a kayak with a fish finder on it. Yeah, I mean, um, they're on every boat in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a load of products that could come under the fishing, you know, broad thing. And yeah, God, I kind of, I want to love it. Like, because it is that really, like those guys and girls who are into fishing. I mean, they're, they're super passionate about it often, right? Like it's that, it's really that enthusiast passion-based idea, but, you know, there's definitely some red flags there as well. Hmm. I, I have to separate them. I don't understand. I don't think you can sell to the saltwater folks and the freshwater folks at the same time. I personally don't know anyone who does both. Like you're either on the coast and you do saltwater fishing and even inland is, is brackish, right? It's very, it's still saltwater fish or you're a guy who fishes lakes and streams, which is all I have near me in Wisconsin. It's a very different type of fishing. You do need um, slightly different instruments and tools and lures and, and rods and, and you need kind of different stuff. It's two different languages almost. Yeah, and then I think I think you can also break it down further as well. Like you could say, I want to be somebody, I want to target people who are into kayak fishing, which is definitely a sub-interest group of, in its own and which has very specific products. Like, you know, somebody who's kayak fishing isn't buying like a big offshore rod and reel, right? Because that shit's just too big. You can't put it on a kayak. And, um, you know, and, and, and likewise, somebody who, you know, fishes out of a boat isn't interested in fishing kayak sometimes they might be like there might be a bit of crossover there but i, I certainly think do people kayak fish in saltwater yeah yeah maybe definitely it's, maybe it's only because i have zero definitely. balance and i'm definitely tipping over in a kayak that that scares the shit out of me like isn't there like bull sharks and stuff in the in the saltwater and brackish and yeah but I, I would imagine there would be something wild about hooking up to a big fish while you're on a kayak and trying to and it yeah. would literally pull you along. I just have zero balance, thing. so I definitely would tip over and that would scare the crap. But like I like I like where I live. There's nothing scary there. Like the worst thing that might happen in America <laughs> is like inland is a muskie and they're they're leaving you alone. Maybe don't like dangle your toes in the water and make them look delicious off the dock, but literally you have nothing to be afraid of. Well, that must be nice. Yeah, I think it I think it is kind of nice, honestly. Well, People are know. like, "Well, how do you live in Wisconsin?" That's it. There's no bugs. There's no, like, you know, there's mosquitoes the size of birds out here. That's for sure. But like, there's no scary bugs. There's no scary reptiles. There's no scary spiders. There's no, there's one snake, one scary snake that I've never seen in my 40 years of existence in the state of Wisconsin. That's how rare they are. 
Well, I guess there's snow. (laughs) It's just a rush, you know. I mean, I think it's like that thing, like all the time on social media now. You see the the videos, you know, they always go a bit viral of like the surfers, and it's it's a drone shot, and there is like sharks swimming right underneath, and the surfers are apparently oblivious, although sometimes they're not, right? And are people stopping surfing? Hell no. Like surfers are like mad for surfing. They're going to keep surfing even after there's been a shark attack on a beach like eating a surfer, at least in Australia, this happens, like there will be people surfing that spot within a, a week or two in the next week. They'll be back there surfing. I mean, the nature of sharks means that they're unlikely to probably still be there anyway, that one particular shark. But, you know, people still surf. And a lot of people probably think, well, that's fucking stupid. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. But to a surfer, it's not because like that's that's their thing, man. Like that makes them feel alive. There's yeah. a rush. There's adrenaline. There's... There's dopamine, there's satisfaction, there's all of those things. And for some people, like living without that, there's nothing else in their life that gives them the same feeling. They're not going to stop just because maybe they're going to get eaten. Yeah, that's true. I, look, I get it. I wouldn't stop marketing. I love marketing. You couldn't convince me. Thankfully, there's no crazy <laughs> things that are going to kill me in marketing. Uh, look, we Thankfully. got away from fishing. Thankfully. <laughs> we got away from fishing. So to me, I'm separating the people there. How else are you thinking about fishing? When, like, if you, you know, at the end of this, I'd like to give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down here. How else are you thinking about it? Because the products fit it. You can find plenty of high ticket products here. If you've get, been getting tons of value from the podcast and you want to learn more about high ticket dropshipping and interact with a fantastic community of high ticket dropshippers, we've got a free Facebook group that you can join right now today. So if you head over to Facebook and search for Dropship Breakthrough, you'll see a Facebook come up that has on the end of it, High Ticket Dropshipping Mastery for New Entrepreneurs. Hit the join button, you'll get into the group. We do group only trainings in there and there's thousands of other people who are going through the High Ticket Dropshipping journey that you can look for support from, ask questions and find out if High Ticket Dropshipping is for you. You can, and, but there's also a ton of low-ticket products. Yep, right. That, a lot. That, yeah. that, that, that person needs, like if you're talking about hooks, sinkers, rods, most rods, there are some higher-ticket rods for sure, and there are some high-ticket reels as well, but there is not like super high-ticket, like yeah. higher high-ticket ones like we often like. Um, you know, lures, there, there's infinite numbers of lures and for all sorts of specific, you know, use cases. And so to me, it kind of feels like, like the... Yeah, like it would be hard to be a fishing site and not have some of those things. And so I think certainly um, depending on like, like you could be more specific, but I think bundles are going to be your friend here as well. Like they'd have um, to be, yeah. There's definitely going to, like if you're somebody, um, you know, who is looking to get into kayak fishing, like, and you're not, you're probably you've probably been fishing to a certain extent already to get to that point, right? I, I I would struggle to imagine somebody goes from never having fished to being a very specific type of fishing, but then there's going to be a whole bunch of products. You need the kayak, you need the waterproof stuff to carry your things that you don't want to get wet in the kayak. You need like little containers to put all your tackle in. You need probably specific rods and and real sizes that you might not already have to go in there. There might even be particular clothes you need to wear to be in that kayak and, and do that thing. And so can you sell somebody all of that stuff at once? I mean, there, there's some gold there, I think. Um, and you could, you, I mean, you could you spin that in all sorts of different ways. And, and there would be a lot that you would need to learn there. Don't get me wrong. So if you're a kayak fisherman now, maybe this is your thing, right? 
you got my head spinning. Like a, again, I'm only thinking where I live. So the freshwater pack, you could have the walleye package where, you know, five out of eight of the things are the same, but six, seven, and eight are the walleye lures and the walleye leaders and the things you need for a walleye that you don't need for the bass package, which comes with a different set of lures and a different set of packaging to contain those lures. And yeah, you got my head spinning of how that could work. I think you're right. You have to do bundles. There's so many low ticket products and even more, I think, no man's land product, right? Those 200 to $800 products that just kind of fall in the middle and there's a lot of tech in there too. And like, is that tech going to have enough margin for you? Especially if it's in no man's land, there's you, you would almost have to build a bundle with the kayak with any of the tech that you need to have, right. If it's going to have a fish finder on there, the different, like you said, containers, you would almost have to build like, you know, people who love to walleye fish, they love to walleye fish where I'm from. Right. And so like, you need specific things for, you need leaders, you need different, um, hooks specifically made for holding the leech or you know different rapalas that you might need and so if you can build the entire package for that i could see that being your opportunity to set yourself apart yeah i mean i wouldn't just go out i don't think i could see just going out and starting like just a fishing store either like that's just too broad and it's a very competitive space like there are already a lot of big players at least if i think about australia like i mean and i live in a coastal area right uh, we're in a coastal area right now while we record this. Like you can't, it's pretty easy to just go and buy this stuff, right? And not to mention the online uh, retailers that are already there. And so I think I think there's multiple avatars in there, as, as we've said. And so I think if you were going to get here, I could see there being opportunity for a more avatar specific store in this space that would be a yes for me. If we're talking about good niche, bad niche. I think the overall idea of just starting a fishing store and that's my plan that's a, that's definitely a no for me at a minimum you have to separate salt and freshwater i don't know shit about salt water i could tell you a lot about freshwater very different types of fishing different things you're going to need to fish those things different rods different reels different uh, lures for sure for the different types of fish so to me at a minimum you have to separate that but i do think you could have a inland you know, i'm only thinking america here right inland freshwater fishing store like be the freshwater source. I don't think you're going to be able to run ads on 80% of your products. Like you're only going to be able to run them on the high ticket products, which is fine. But if you can do some SEO, some content marketing to let fishermen know that you exist, inevitably you're going to sell those products. I think there's no way you can't stock product. You're going to have to stock a ton of that low ticket product. You're going to have to ship that out. You're going to need a 3PL or to bring your stuff in. There's definitely an opportunity for you to private label here. In fact, I know some people who create their own lures and um, they have a nice little business on their hands by creating the lures. I think that's possible too. I don't think this is like something a beginner should jump into. No, I think you're right. And, and I would even say for some of those sub ideas that I have running around in my head at the moment that I would probably really love to see somebody who does that thing go and do that store. So if yeah. I talked about the kayak, kayak fishermen particularly, like if you are do that activity like yourself now because it's what you're passionate about and you just love being out on the water in a kayak and you know you're paddling along a river through a forest and things like that and you're in a place that's actually probably naturally quite beautiful like you know like stick a GoPro on the front yeah. of your kayak and just record the whole thing and that's yeah. your content it's like those dudes you watch who just go around playing golf like you could you could just create like people would just watch you go fishing and it would just be like a cool, put in put some nice music And every fish you catch like, is a short. Literally every single yeah, fish yeah, yeah, you catch yeah. is your content yeah, for yeah. reels. Absolutely. And then you could break that down into talking about what you did. And oh, there would be literally so many possibilities. 
that you could do relatively easy without really changing what you're already doing in your life. You're just adding a camera onto the front of it, like literally, and then, yeah, turning that into so much content um, and then bringing people back to the products. And so I think there are definitely those opportunities here for sure. And I, I would say to you, if you're a, already a mad fisherman in some way, whether that's out doing deep sea or whether it's on a kayak or whether it's some other type of fishing, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're like a fly fisherman or something like that, right? You're fishing for salmon with fly or something like that. Like definitely look at this because to me, it's probably a bit of a no brainer. We talked a little bit on a reaction to content to commerce and I forgot to mention that you can pay people to do this stuff. Absolutely. I know a company that paid a comedian to make all their content because they wanted to put funny stuff out. So it, let's imagine this isn't you and you enjoy saltwater fishing. Even inland fishing or like uh, my grandpa took us on a boat on Lake Michigan where you literally just drive around a boat and then you're trolling and, and it, oh, there's a fish on whose turn is it? And you reel it in. It was honestly kind of lame, if I'm honest with you, but people love it and you catch these huge fish. I bet you could pay those people a little extra to simply record everything they're doing or like post two GoPros up on their boat, right? And you could use their content. They would be happy to get paid a little extra money on every tour they go on to be recorded. And you can use that content and you're going to mention them. So it's free advertising for them. That's your content that drives people back to your store where you can get all the products they sold on that tour. I think there's a lot of ways that you could put out content here and not be the person, but I'm with you. If you are that person, that's my favorite person to coach. Because it's very easy. You love this stuff already. You already know the lingo. You're already doing it. So the content's made for you. And if we can just teach you a little bit of marketing, you're going to do great. Yeah. And like, even if you don't pay somebody to create fresh content, there are already people out there in almost every niche who are creating content. And so, yes, some of them will be really big and probably already have like sponsorships and things like that. But there'll be people who are coming up all the time who are starting to, who want to get to that level but they're still looking for things they can promote to make money. So what is to stop you reaching out to somebody who's already creating content and saying, hey man, like, can we strike up a deal here? You just keep doing what you're doing. Mention my name, put a sticker up behind you of my business. Like what can we do? Um, and just leverage the fact that some, there, there are already tons of people in every niche almost already making content. Um, and they don't already necessarily have a relationship with somebody like you who sells the products that they're using. Um, and so I, I think those opportunities are right there. And at some point in any niche, you probably want to have a look at that. It certainly lends more to some than others, but uh, it's a bit of a no-brainer to me. Like any niche, I know somebody in here, right? Um, not all these products, a, a few of these products. And again, like any niche, there are some products that don't have great margins. Mm. So the people I know that were doing this, and, and shout out to you, Jared, if you're listening to this. I, I haven't seen you in a long time, buddy. He was hustling in Facebook groups to make these sales. He didn't run any ads. He would be in Facebook groups providing value, talking about the products that he sold, and then driving them back to make sales. And he did all right. And the funny part is he sold this business to someone else who was like, oh, I, I want this business. I don't remember what they sold it for. It wasn't a large number, but it was a number, whatever. <laughs> and then that person couldn't replicate that because no, I don't know anyone who hustles like Jared and his brother Aaron did, if I'm honest with you. Uh, and I think it was Jared and, and Sean in this business. Shout, Sean, and shout out to you if you're listening too, buddy. And then they bought it back for like pennies on the dollar and did the same fucking thing and just went right back to selling in these Facebook groups. And so um, I think some of these products, you might struggle with margin if I'm honest. Yeah. I don't know whether it's all products. I don't want to push anyone away. But there were a couple where it was like, oh, you know, these prices look great, but the margins aren't great and shipping's going to be a bunch on some of this stuff. 
And so it didn't quite work out, but they were, they were hustling their way to sales and Facebook groups. And you should be too. Like if, if you're wondering how to do this with, uh, I don't have money for Google ads, get your ass in Facebook groups and start providing value. Talk about the products. Don't just go in there and sell. They were just in there saying, you know, here's my experience with this. Here's my experience with that. Or here's what I'm hearing about this. Or here's a cool YouTube video I saw and just providing value in groups. And then people are inevitably going to click your name and see that you're the owner of this business. You don't have to pitch your business ever. They're just going to find you. And so, uh, I don't know. Cool little story. I thought in the fishing. I don't know. I don't know if I know anyone else in this. I've only seen the one. Oh, you know what? Actually, um, Andrew Udarian from e-commerce fuel. He's the guy who started e-commerce fuel way back in the day. I used to listen to his podcast a lot before I started and he had trollingmotors.net and rightchannelradios.com. He sold right channel radios to, I can't remember the gentleman's name. He's at every e-commerce fuel event that's still around. Uh, I don't know what happened to trollingmotors.net. I know he sold it, but that's where he started too. drop shipping as well. Um, look at, Andrew Udarian, Ezra Firestone, a lot of big names in this space. That's where they started was high-ticket dropshipping. Um, and I remember him saying trolling motors was difficult in some ways. I think the margins were a little slim. He was definitely going through distributors back then. I don't think he was going to brands. Yeah. But he did a lot of you know SEO work that he could. And really his thing that set him apart was you're not going to go to Amazon to look for a trolling motor because your questions will not be answered over there, right? You're going to want to go to an expert. And so, again, falling back to... If you're that guy, if you're that gal who just loves fishing, this is this is you. Like if you can talk about this stuff all day long, this is you. But I, I'm with John. You ha- you're going to have to narrow this down some way, shape, or form. You can't sell that. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.